curious to see what you think. Well, I I agree with both of you per se. But before I do that, I'm the prop king when it comes to MCUs. You know, I got to live up to my MODOK. So just give me one second, guys. <laughs> oh, one second. no. Might want to close your eyes. Don't want to ruin it. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close Look away. away. Hold on. I'll let you know I don't. I don't like this intro anymore about these 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 boxers and how you pee. Do, are you? <laughs> are you doing? Are we gonna see? Are some you gonna see like some some flies? Are you gonna look? <laughs> <laughs> Wait! Oh I love God. the human animals. Oh my Wait, God! Uh, look at that thing. Where viewers. did you get that? Three men who also happen to be best friends as well as a bunch of complete movie nerds are on a mission to save the world with a podcast that really honestly doesn't help with or solve any of the world's problems whatsoever. Sorry. Please grab your bowl of popcorn and your sugar-free beverage. Get to your seats. Sit back. Relax and enjoy a brand new episode of all screens and sizes. Welcome to episode 13 of All Screens and Sizes. We are back with our second MCU movie review with the newest release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we jump into James Gunn's final piece of his Guardians trilogy as he heads out to save all of DC... Let's check on our boys. What's new, fellas? Hey, Nick. Uh, I don't even want to say anything. I just kind of want to get the feel right away because last week we ended off with almost, I don't want to say a cliffhanger, but anticipation was through the roof. The anticipation is killing us, Phil. So I don't even care about my life because my <laughs> one of my best friends had his dream come true, and I kind of want to just hear all about it. So I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, Nick. But I just, I was just going to pass it back to Take Phil. the floor, Philip. Okay. Take that's, the floor. Take the whole building. So as people may know, I was headed to see Taylor Swift in Nashville on a Sunday. Um, but we got there on a Friday night. We were there all day Saturday, knowing that there was a concert Saturday. And we just couldn't help ourselves. How could we spend a night in Nashville without Taylor Swift? So we ended up going Saturday night as well. We got some chick tickets kind of cheap right after the show had started before Taylor went on. Um, and can I say... Life has been just blah since then. It will never... I need a weekend with Taylor Swift every weekend for the rest of my life. <laughs> there is no... Like, what's the point of life? So we had Saturday show. We had Sunday show. And the rain. Come meet me in the pouring rain. Okay, I'm not as good as Taylor, so I'll stop there. Uh, it was epic. It was the greatest concert moment. I do it with my wife, so it's not just all about Taylor. It's about a moment with my wife as well. It was fantastic, and I am currently... My birthday is June 30th. She's going to be in Cincinnati June 30th. So I'm trying to do the trifecta and try to see her at least a third time. At least a third time. It changed <laughs> my life. I love you, Taylor. You don't want to do it every week. You got to, It takes away the, the specialism. Yeah, they say that about movies. I watch Big Lebowski every time I can. It's still the greatest movie ever. So, uh, but see, I hate that y'all skipped to me because I did have a, a, con a conundrum, a question to ask you guys. Um, I think it's appropriate for this pod, especially because the Guardians are kind of wacky. Um, I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. We all know Larry David, the great Larry David. And there was an episode I just came across. And as a man, I am truly 
perplexed by this, and I've never talked to another man about this, so I want to ask you guys. A little bit of therapy? What's going on here? Well, not really therapy. Oh. Um, so there's an episode about uh, underwear, and <laughs> all right, does your underwear have a fly? Does your underwear have a fly or not? And I, as a man, as a person with an extremity, I have never used the fly of my underwear to pee. I've always been the over the wall type of guy. I go over the band to pee. Mm-hmm. And after watching the episode, I had a pair of under on, under on the next day that had a fly, so I tried it out. And was it a little flap, if, or did it have a button that you that you buttoned? No, it was like well, I don't want to reenact it. It's just like a flap, like it just opens up. It was like an up down one. It was like sideways, horizontal. You just okay. part the ways. Um, and I peed, and I was like, okay, is this different or not? And ever since then, I'm still going over the wall. So my question is one. Have you always been one way? Have you do you do both? I've always been over the wall until I tried the fly. So I just want to know your guys. Opinion. I don't want to get into more details, but let me be the oh. the foreign European fella here. What what are you actually referring to as being a fly? Just like the opening, like an actual... yeah, the opening, like the fly. It's called the fly. Oh I guess, yeah, in America. okay. So the opening of the underwear. Yeah, no, no. I don't want to get it. I'm going. <laughs> no. I'm going. Okay. I don't care where I'm at. I don't. I don't care if I'm in public. I'm. I'm just. Going all the way down to my ankles and just stand there for a couple minutes. So you're over the wall. Out. Okay, that's Cheeks me out. too. Cheeks out too. Well, sometimes, at the yeah, sometimes you have to do that because the underwear doesn't have a fly, and then sometimes you you might be wearing a little too tight of jeans or shorts, so you have to kind of go a little bit lower than normal. It happens to me because I've never used a fly, so I just was wondering. I'm an over the wall fly. guy. I'm an over the wall right. guy. Ladies Phil. and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, all screen, all <laughs> cheeks and sizes. Yes. Where we are, cheeks out over the wall. This is this yes. is the episode this week. Uh, tune in next week where we will discuss. Are we, do we wear it to the left or the right, ladies? All right, let's go back to. <laughs> Nick has big news. Let Nick share his big yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Ahead, well, our team. Advanced through the f- the first round of the playoffs yesterday. We're through to the final four, which is exciting. We got a couple weeks until the final four happens, but a uh, big achievement for us. We're through to the final four, so that was a good win for us. And didn't you guys get some uh, awards too? Didn't you have the we MVP had the MVP well, the on our year? team, Ronaldo Segu, big time player, young guy. Keep your eye out for him. And our coach Remondelis uh, was coach of the year. Well deserved, and then we were first place also in the league, which we got a little recognition for as well. Nice, big time. Is your dad still there? My dad's still here. He's here till uh, early next week, um, and I'm I'm drinking my big water to try to rehydrate. We just watched Ted Lasso together, and I, you know, nice. I shed some tears, so I'm I'm trying to rehydrate with the big water. Well, a wise man once said, "Drink until uh, something happens." <laughs> um, I'm I'm re- I'm revving up for the playoffs, Nick. So I got two more regular season games, one tomorrow and then one the week after, and then it's playoff time, baby. Let's get it. That time of the year. I am Groot. What's that? He says, "Welcome to the frickin' Guardians of the Galaxy." Only he didn't use frickin'. All right, so if y'all are ready, let's do it, boys. Let's, let's do get it, back to boys. our. Guardians of the Galaxy. So just to start off, Rotten Tomatoes currently has it at 82% critics, 95% audience. Audience is loving it. It's at about $350 million. I think it was like $344 million. Um, it's projected to be over $500 million this weekend, so it's really good. Obviously, as mentioned before, it is directed and co-written by James Gunn, who also helmed the first two volumes. So here we go, my fellow creeps. Are we here to set the trap, or are we braced for a good old face-off? <laughs> are you thinking what I'm thinking? 
that you'd rather be on counter Earth with all those cute, cuddly, gorgeous humanal, humanimals, 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 or is that just being too rash? Or would you agree that this movie was I Am Groot or complete juke juke? <laughs> hey, that was, yo, finger well snaps, done, finger well snaps. Done. That was incredible. Yeah, well you know what? As the vegetarian in the group, let me take the floor. All right, please, George. Snack the mic up. Um, you're a vegetarian. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I have been for several years now. Good for safe, you, George. Good way to take a stand. Save the animals. Screw human beings. Um, guys, I don't know if I should just go out and say, like, start with a with a with a controversial statement and then back it up later. Um, so Do you it. know what? I will. Do it. It's my favorite Marvel movie since Endgame. And yes, Phil, that includes Spider-Man No Way Home as well. Wow. Yes, I know. This is the movie that we needed. This is the movie that was so needed, not just for me individually, but just for the MCU as a whole. Movie that promoted compassion, love, care for animals, care for others. This serves as a reminder how important that is for all of us in our lives. This is what we needed. This movie only inspires a little bit, a little bit of the audience to be a little more uh, empathetic, kinder to each other, more connected to each other. You know, more than ever right now. This is what we need. It was brutal. It was hilarious. It was kind-hearted. It was a perfect send-off for the Guardians. And it's not only the best movie for me, MCU movie since Endgame. It's it's also now for me the single greatest trilogy in the MCU topped off. Um, we can get into more details after. That's my first little little spiel of what I thought. So yeah, go ahead. Who's next? Nick. Well, Jordy, that's, that is controversial, I would say. Um, I am very torn about this film. I'm very torn. Because on one hand, I think they handled everything with the actual guardians and what we were here for, which is the most important thing. I thought it was handled extremely well. I think it tied up the characters that we've come to know and love, at least this era of the, these characters very, very well. Um, like this is the band of misfits. They're finding each other. They're finding solace and acceptance in one another. It's truly beautiful to see. And we've come to expect that with these guys finding finding a home in one another when they don't find, have a home anywhere else. Beautiful. I think it was handled very well. And while Jordy, I, I can see where you're saying that the overall message for love for animals and things, and trust me, I, I think more than anyone here or as much as anyone here, I love all animals and I am like, um, I'm supporting animals 100%. But I felt differently about it, Jordy, because like, I thought it was really, at times, really hard for me to watch. I don't know if I'll ever watch that movie again because the the cruelty that I was watching on screen with animals was really hard for me to watch. Honestly, it should I had be. a really hard As time with be. that. That's the point. Yeah, I think. and and so I that was that was the point. I know that's what they were going for, and like the backstory was Rocket's backstory was gripping. It was heartbreaking, and that's of course what they were aiming for. But it was almost too much for me. The abuse, the cruelty of animals. It was just, it was hard for me to watch. So in that sense, I, I was, those moments where they were probably the most powerful moments of the film were the, really hard for me to, and I didn't enjoy watching the, those moments. 
So in that sense, it was I was very torn about the film. And we, again, we can get into more things later, but that was my initial reaction to some of the heartbreaking stuff that we did see. Let's pass it back to our Swifty of the group. I'm curious to see what you think. Well, I, I agree with both of you per se. But before I do that, I'm the prop king when it comes to MCUs. You know, I got to live up to my MODOK. So just give me one second, guys. <laughs> oh, one second. no. Might want to close your eyes. Don't want to ruin it. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Right, close them. Look away. Look away. Hold on. I, look right. I don't. I don't like this intro anymore about these 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 boxers and how you pee. Do, are you? Are you doing? Are we gonna see? Are you gonna see like some some flies? Are you gonna look? <laughs> Wait. Oh I love God. the human animals. Oh my Wait. God. Look at that thing. Where viewers, did you get that? So for the so for the viewers, where our music teacher is putting on a Lion King performance, and I may or may have not stole her scar mask. Is that from the Lion King musical? Yeah, that's what we're using. Human <laughs> that's, really that's, really that's really good. It is. All right, so are you going to keep this on the rest of the time? No, I can't because I just can't. I can't do it. I don't even want to break. That's it. Like straight out of the musical. Music teacher is going to take me out like Rocket did. Um. All right, so guys, it's going to get weird. This movie has been weighing on me. This pod has been weighing on me. I'm already, I'm already about to lose it. Uh, so, Jordy, if at any moment, you, when you're in editing, our great editor, please cut any of this shit out that you want to. <laughs> it is killing the vibe of this pod because this pod is supposed to be fun, and I'm about to take us to, like, dark places. Um, and I'm going to hold it together. I'm going to try my best. This movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, is probably the most relatable characters and the most relatable comic book movie I have ever seen in my life. Um, it's a movie to me, again, with all the animal stuff, um, I'm going to lose it. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's a movie about... Let it out, Let it out. Let it out. I cried as well. No, I know. And the things I didn't cry during the movie, I, I kept it together, luckily, because they are funny, so they broke the moments where I almost lost it. But after I've come down off the high of Taylor Swift and thinking about the movie and how much I relate to these characters, I'm a 10.3 of them for this. Um, so first I'll start with Rocket, uh, who the movie is mostly about. Um, James Gunn, is he, I don't know the details of why or how he's done it, but he said Rocket is a character that represents him. And if you go back to Guardians 1, there's the scene where he gets in the fight um, with Drax at the Nowhere, and Rocket says, they called him names, whatever, and he says, uh, I didn't ask to be made like this. Why am I <laughs> let it out, really. Sorry, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm not editing um, anything I out. I didn't, no, I know. So he said, I didn't be asked to be made like this. So at the moment you watch that, you're like, well, yeah, he didn't ask to be made this super intelligent Rocket the raccoon. Um, but in this movie, it opens it up more. Um, you have the scene, the scene in the movie where the evolutionary says, there is no God. That's why I stepped in. Um, but Rocket did exist as a raccoon before he was turned into this. So to me, that was God who created him. And the high evolutionary did create something. He created a character um, through the abuse that he, with the stuff he did to Rocket. It's crazy. It's a raccoon on freaking CGI screen that I'm crying <laughs> about. Um, and to me, so the character represents trauma. Um, and so we people experience trauma in so many different ways. We have war veterans, horrific accidents, um, diseases, um, childhoods, all that type of stuff. There's ways we experience trauma. Um, and so this movie, like when he's when he's dead on the table or dying, we go back and we learn his backstory. And that's almost like for us, but even maybe him, because he's present, because we know he goes to heaven at one point. Lydia says it's not time, or what's her yeah. name, Lydia Lila, what whatever. A scene, um, man. 
Yeah. It's almost he's processing his trauma and how he's gotten here, um, his name and all that type of stuff. So to, to me, Rocket is I find myself in Rocket a lot. Trauma created him. Um, and you can't be a better person till you you hit that head uh, head on. And um, obviously with the Guardians, they're all connected through trauma. Rocket, who was created. Um, Star-Lord's lost his entire family. Um, in this movie, he's trying to get his girl back. Nebula, uh, Drax lost his family. They're, they're not blood relatives at all, but they've been family through trauma. So that was just a huge thing for me. Uh, Star-Lord, uh, again, back to him. He's This movie, he's grieving over Gamora. We've all, we're men. I'm sure, I know I have. We've all grieved over losing a relationship differently than, you know, she didn't die and come back through a time warp. Um, but we've tried to get the girl back and there's that scene where he's talking to her and it becomes a funny scene, but he's trying to explain to her, like we've had good times, but she just doesn't see it. And it's just like, I just had, I've had those moments where you talk to a girl and it's like, they've had a change of heart and they don't care about you anymore. And you want closure and it's hard to get when they're not listening to you and you just imagine all the good things and it's just growth for a man. And then also for Star-Lord, he's lost his mom. He lost his dad, who's a psycho ego, but then he lost Yondu, someone who stepped in as a father. Now Man. Rocket's hurt and he's in a rough shape and he blames himself for everything. And I've been that person where when everything goes wrong, you blame yourself for everything and you forget the people around you who still care about you, who are Nebula and Drax. So we become blind to those things. So that's another thing I connected with. And the one I did not expect to connect with the most, which I, James Gunn pulled off masterfully, Nebula this whole time has just been just a character there. But this movie, I like my heart is ripped out for her. She, at the start, I think some people are getting this part wrong. They think that the part where Star-Lord reaches onto her and she looks at him, people think like that was a weird thing where she's kind of into him. And I view it differently. I view she sees him. One, she misses her sister too. He misses Gamora. But she looks at him. It's like that, um, is it better to have loved and to lost or whatever? She has never felt what it's like to be him, to have someone who you've loved and left you because she's not, she hasn't had that opportunity. And I think she longs for that. And then we have the scene later in the movie where that, like, he makes the joke. He like, looks at her eyes. Her eyes are so black. And she's like freaked out by it. Um, it's because that's new to her. She's not had, like, it's Nebula. We've, she's not had a love interest or someone who cares for her like that. She hasn't had that. And then at the end of the movie, Mantis says, you just, she's like making fun of Drax and saying how they all suck. And she, Mantis says, you project your insecurities on everyone else. Well, who is Nebula? Of course she's insecure. Her father um, ripped her apart. Physically and emotionally, we don't um, have to get into the details. Why of the context behind it? We are, let's say me and Nick, right, we understand she, why this, you know, her especially, you know, right? Her. No, yeah. So she's been pieced together, and you would be insecure if you're that person. Um, and then I think the biggest moment at the end is when you're someone like her is insecure. You don't ask people people for help, and throughout this whole thing with Nebula, she doesn't ask people people for help. But at the end, Drax wants to go with Mantis, but Nebula says. Um, no, Drax, I need you. Will you stay with me? And I, most people will just watch it and think whatever she's asking. But to me, like for her to ask someone to stay with her, like that sets you up for rejection. Like that person could say no. So like that's like a huge growth for her. Like she's been so insecure. She's had these all these um issues. But now she's at a place where she's through this family that have just been these ragtag group put together. She's been able to ask someone for something. And of course, Drax stays with her. And I just... Like I said, this movie, I didn't mean to get all sad or whatever, but like this is the most relatable movie I've ever, in a comic book genre, I could ever relate to. Um, James Gunn. It's an incredible movie. I love it. He's incredible. Um, I don't know if I'll go controversial and say the best. Like I, like where I said I agree with you, Nick, like you can hear my voice, whatever. Yeah. It's hard. Like 
it opens up wounds and stuff. So I don't know how big of a rewatchability I'll watch it again like that. But seeing it once was enough yeah. for me. It helps me think and grow a little bit as well. So I think it's a very powerful movie. So enough of the sad crap. Well, Let's get well, to the fun stuff. Um, but very powerful film. Phil, first of all, thanks for sharing that because I know, right. we, like Joy said, we know how, why, how, and why this is relatable to you. And so, thank you for sharing that. And we can we can be open and honest and emotional on this Come podcast. On now. It doesn't always have to because we keep it real. It doesn't have to be fun, fun and jokes. So, thank you, Phil, for right. sharing that and how it can how it's so relatable to you. And I think Phil, like like you said, I think they nailed that aspect of this movie. Like. Right. The, this is like the family that they need each other. They, they had so many things. They have so much trauma in all their lives and they need each other. They come together. They help each other. And I think that was really nailed well by by Mr. Gunn. No, absolutely. And I having Rocket Lila, Floor, Teefs, man. James Gunn had an interview where he briefly touched on, you know, what movies are you know, what he loves about movies and what movies do. And he also kind of briefly touches on what this movie is about. I'll play it in here for you guys, but this kind of sums it up perfectly for me and how I felt. I think I kind of mentioned, might have already took some stuff on there in my little quick rant on how amazing this movie was to me, but I'm just going to play it they here. walk in, they enjoy it, of course. And then when they walk out of the theater, they love the person next to them a little more than what they felt about them when they walked in. That when they walk out of the theater... Maybe they feel a little bit more hopeful about what this world can be than when they walked in. This is a story about compassion. It's about the power of compassion, the power of empathy. And hopefully a little bit of that will soak up, just a little bit uh, in people. And then we'll have been, you know, done what we needed to do. He said that in an interview on, the, on this press tour. And people think James Gunn is only about the jokes, cracking the jokes, the, the, the F-bombs and other movies. That one F-bomb in this movie, we can get into that as well. First, but first movie. For me, <laughs> first one ever, the first ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that people can look past just the fun and, 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 the over, and the action, that which is amazing as well. Because, like I said, James Gunn and this movie edit, and why I think, uh, you know, DC is in great hands, but it's we can get into that a little more later as well. But this movie hit home in ways that I didn't even in, intended or thought it would. Um, that's exactly why it was a great, incredible movie and why MCU related, looking at the MCU, I think this is the best single trilogy um, that we have. Um, and I did prepare some statements that we can hit or miss a true or false that we can agree on it might be a good segue we can get into this discussion more about this movie at all i just wanted to start off with the statement that i've kind of already made and i agree with so i don't really have to get into that that much more but um true or false statements guardians of the galaxy trilogy is the single best mcu trilogy that we have to date false uh i'm gonna put spider-man ahead of guardians i think the spider-man trilogy has been solid from the jump and i'm going to throw spider-man that's the first one that came to my mind i'm going to put that at least at least that one over guardians so i'm going to go false well you do have iron man captain america there have been some trilogies already but you 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 draw the line at spider-man for this one huh i well that's the first one that came to my mind i think Iron Man dips a little bit. Captain America dips a little bit. I think Spider-Man was solid across three films. And I'm going to put, I think 
No Way Home was probably my favorite of all the movies that are in mention right now. So I'm going to have to keep that one above. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Phil, so, what do you think? Uh, so I'm going to go false and I could be crazy too, but so looking at this, I did my, I did my, you know, we do the MCU movie rankings. Uh, I do have two guardians films in the top 10 and I have two captain America films in the top 10 and my two captain America films are above the guardians films. So I'm going to have to go false and put captain America First best trilogy, Guardians second best trilogy. For now, over time it could change. But right now I'm going to go Captain America. Isn't Captain America kind of cheating though, Phil? How's it cheating? Civil War? I mean, I guess that's a cheat. You're probably right. No, that's not a cheat. Well, do you want to exclude it? If you exclude it, then Guardians would be number one. I mean, I'm not excluding. I'm not doing any criteria here. I mean, Winter Soldier right there is a bang. Yeah, Winter Soldier is the number one. But Guardians One is high too. Well, Civil War is high though. Like Civil War has one of the greatest action scenes ever. No, it does. But I'm just saying, like you know, obviously there's so much in those movies already. Right. Well, so there was a hell to, of I'm a just... lot in this overlong <laughs> Guardians Three too. Yeah. How many? I mean, how many other gigantic Marvel characters were thrown in there to spice things up a little bit? Not that many. Well, we got... Uh, no, no. I just said it's number two. It could be 1A, 1B. We got Warlock in there that did absolutely nothing, for me at least. They totally wasted that character. We got we got Will Poultier, or however you say his name. Great actor. I was very excited to see what they were going to do with him. And I feel like... like I, I viewed Warlock as some sort of like profound being, and he was just like a dumb baby to me in this movie. Several keeps saying the dumb baby, but that's who he is. Like that's, that's not the perception I had as as him. Like I mean, I like he was some this profound character that I don't know. I felt to me, and I'll ask you guys this question: Like, is Marvel like running into this issue where they're like setting up these things? Like we we obviously saw Warlock in the post credit scene, and like are these? I feel like they set this thing up for him to come in, and then they're like, oh well, we have to like throw him in there now. But he, to me, he made very little sense why he was what he was doing in this movie because those aspects of this movie were much worse or they didn't work for me as well as the stuff that we previously hit on with rocket and all the guardians and all the stuff that's very meaningful and well, powerful I, the world i think i think is a mess because one he was originally supposed to be an end game and then they kind of pushed him back because it's just too much to push in so like they're playing with warlock overall has been a little messy and then we did have the james gunn thing where he did get let go and then that kind of messed up and delayed a lot of things. So I don't know how much that played a factor in it. Um, I agree. Like, I want more Warlock too, But I think I get where they're going with it. Like, he's – I mean, he is – you're right. He is a dumb baby. But that's kind of who he's supposed to be until, you know, he grows as part of this, I would expect, new Guardians of the Galaxy. He had some of the most hilarious moments in this whole movie. Um and we said, don't don't be rash when talking about <laughs> killing his new pet. Um, <laughs> was he wasted? I, I don't know if he was wasted per se. I thought he worked for me, um, especially when all this other stuff was going on. And knowing that this was going to be a send off for a lot of these characters. Um, I liked that he wasn't the main focus. I knew that was a criticism for a lot of people that he wasn't featured in it that much at all. Maybe I can see that, but I feel like they're going to do a lot more with him in the future, so I wasn't too worried about that. I, see, I was, I felt like they're just almost handcuffing themselves by, like, having to have him in this movie. I don't think he belonged in this movie. What, the complaint for me wasn't necessarily that 
he wasn't in it enough. I think that they, what they did with him was just completely unnecessary for me. And it took away from the much better aspects of the film, which were the dynamic between the Guardians. And like you said, he wasn't the big bad villain. They had the high evolutionary. They had the Rocket's backstory, which was carrying the emotional moments and the more important, more interesting things from the film. And then they had to throw him in because I feel like they almost had to because of they introduced him and they had to get him in here at some point because of the formula and where we're going to take him in the future. And I feel like that took away from the more interesting aspects of the film. Well, let, well we talked about how great this was, and then Nick took offense to going at his trilogy that he calls out Warlock, and now we're on the negative path. Let's get back on the positive <laughs> path. Uh, again, for me, I don't know if it's a guy thing, it's a comic thing, whatever thing it is, and this is what Nick is missing out on by not watching Daredevil. If you put it's Star Wars, superheroes, whatever. If you put people in a hallway <laughs> and you can pull off a crazy sequence, you you're like you're gold. The hallway like, dude, scene was dope. A, the hallway <laughs> scene is amazing. Yeah. When you can pull off a hallway scene like they did, my gosh, like it's just so rewarding to have that. For me, it was right up there with maybe like maybe Vader, maybe Luke. You know, obviously in shows and but talking about movies. Uh, obviously, maybe Vader still, t- still takes the cake for me, but uh, within the MCU, that might be one of the one of my favorite MCU scenes to date. Not just because it was just a, the best hallway scene, but the action in that scene, how it was still telling a kind of a story with these characters and having all these little moments in the background and and, and whatnot. Gosh, they knocked it out. Of it was the heart that was a, that, that was maybe the best scene in the movie. And and the visual effects were great. I also to touch on just the effects and how good things look. I think I really appreciated the world that they built. Like the world was really cool. Like it was very unique, and it was interesting. It looked like it just looked really good. The visual effects looked really good. It looked like it was a some of the aspects of like just how you moved around the world and things like that were really unique and. I appreciate that. Sorry, I know you said visual effects. I, I, I kind of want to take it with a grain of salt, but these are words from James Gunn himself. He said this this movie had the single most prosthetic practical effects of any movie ever made. So we're talking about effects on ever like pre- prosthetic on, on people, maybe on, on maybe on worlds, on sets. I don't know. He, he threw that out there in the interview. Um, but I could appreciate a lot of the 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 like practical route that was taken i heard him also say that they were trying to do everything practically as 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 far as much as they could um and i feel like his you know his work and his willingness to kind of really dive into that i mean it should be applauded and i appreciate it for sure i wanted to touch like half the things in the movie i just wanted to reach out and touch them (laughs) yeah it was the carrot the, like the characters, like the adding the carrot, like like you said, world building, like, and that, I think that's why Guardians to me, Guardians Volume One saved the MCU as far as the space stuff, because Thor One and Thor Two didn't do it. Mm-hmm. When Guardians came out, it changed the whole dynamic and started this like Ragnarok took elements of it, like it really changed the world building and the characters that we added. Um, I think Ant Man and Quantumania like builds off of that by adding the new characters. Like James Gunn definitely built a blueprint that works, and again, he just does it again on volume three like like i said the carrot the different characters um the different landscapes they go to like you said nick visually it's beautiful the hallway scene but don't forget groot's badass scene where he takes all the weapons out (laughs) and he's just swinging around 
was like, like Matrix just, vibes. Like, one, just, <laughs> yeah, like he does such a good job of creating the world, but then also like the abilities of the, these characters in the world that they're in. Like, I mean, it was, man, it was phenomenal action. I loved it. Um, Phil, Phil, you touched on you touched on like like the dynamic between like Quill and Gamora, and I really liked what they did with that because like it felt genuine. Like I I didn't want them. I liked that they didn't just like get back together and work things out. Like it, I feel like that's what have how it would have actually been like if that were to happen. If she like didn't remember how they were. Like I feel like that's that was they weren't forcing them to right. yeah. be back in love. I feel like that was more realistic and like. Also, shout out Zoe Zaldana. Like, she was basically being able to act as, like, a different character this time around, which was really impressive. A whole different yeah, character. She, was, she knocked it out of the park. Right. She was tremendous. People don't – I feel like some people forgot the fact that it literally is a completely different person, different right. character, right. like, as is. And, like, and um, like you said, yeah, I'm happy they didn't get back together because imagine if somebody walked up to you that you literally did not know but knew all these things allegedly about you and pretending like they were had this whole life with you, you would be freaked the fuck out <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know, you would get mad too. You you want to push them away, like get frustrated as hell. But I love that little moment at the end where it's not like they came together, but it was just maybe hinted there was at some something. Part yeah, there in, was something. Yeah, and but I'm just they, they didn't do the fairy tale get back together. They made it. It felt right real. and. And I don't know if this is a knock to say, like, because I don't want to disrespect James Gunn, but like, going, like you said earlier, Jordy, we did like the expectation of this movie. What I expected from this movie is not what we got. I didn't expect how deep it was. I expected just people to die and this was going to be the end. And like, my heartbreak would be losing these characters. And it was way more emotional not losing any right. of them. Like, it was just not, not expected. Kevin Feige gave James Gunn the green light to kill off anyone he wanted i thought he was going to do it just the fact that he didn't and having the guys the ending with the party and everyone just having a grand old time anyone else could watch it and be like oh it's just they're just having a good time but i mean there was so much more to their family than, than, all these than, misfits like, finally had a home that was more powerful to me having that pie that high to ride on than having just to kill anyone off and like you i was just right there with you phil that was, I was that's what i was expecting going in but the fact that he didn't do that was almost more profound and more powerful and more effective for me as a viewer, at least. And after the fact, I liked how it ended because I know a lot of these characters, like even Zoe Saldana says she's kind of done and Drax is kind of done. The ending leaves it where everyone kind of gets a happy ending, but there's also a chance for them to reappear. Like, I don't expect to see Drax in a main movie, like mm -hmm. leading a Drax. Like, he'll be a small, like a connect. Like, if it's like Secret Wars, he shows up for a second. It's an easy job for him to just show up and do Drax for a day or a week. Same thing with Nebula. I can see the new Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if they'll get a movie, but maybe a series. Mantis could be a series. Maybe not. Like, But they're, they're still out there, and we know that they're doing something, and it leaves it open for them to return for something small. Same with Gamora. Star-Lord's like the only one we can expect to see big time. Um, so I do like the ending. Like, like their story's over, but not really over. There's still a moment for them to come back for something small. The big stuff is probably done for most of them, but I do like the ending. It just it, it makes you happy to think like you know that they're still out there living life and still growing right. these characters. Um, so it was it was a much more meaningful ending, I think, than just killing everyone off or most of them. I'm good. Uh huh. I'm good. That's right. I'm good. No, now that's the button that will kill everyone. True or false? Throwing it out there, Nick, and I'm going to you first, and for good reason, because I have a follow-up right directed as well. I'm going to hit you with a left-right haymaker uppercut. Ooh. James <laughs> Gunn 
is the best comic book <laughs> director ever. False. Boom. False. Well, do, do I need to why? elaborate? I thought I was going to hear I'm waiting for the uppercut. I was the two piece combo <laughs> wing dinner. What do you mean? No, I would love to Where's hear the you. I, I, I would love to hear why not. I'm just, just asking. I'm not saying that it's true or not. Maybe I disagree as well. I don't does, know. But does just Christopher saying, Nolan pass away or? It never existed. Christopher who? Yeah, exactly. Really? Okay. That's it. This is only comment. <laughs> that's all I need. Christopher Nolan. I can that's turn my all mic I off. Need. That's all, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 13, Christopher Nolan. Oh, now I want to do a pod on top comic book directors. We could really kill that one. All right. Well, I mean, the Russos have a the Russos have a pretty good uh, track record, too. I don't know about... Yeah, so I'm going to go... Them. You have to, like, you have to say most meaningful, and then I might say true. But I'm going to go false, because it's hard. I mean, you still got Nolan. You have Sam Raimi. Um, the Russos. Now, I do say this. Gunn is... It has the opportunity to be the best because one, he's put out more content than those other directors, and now he's going to DC. Again, I don't love Superman; never been a big fan. But since James Gunn took over Superman, and he's going to start doing that, if he makes me love Superman, a character I've never cared for, then it's going to be hard not bring to bring back Henry. Bring back don't Henry. Stop it. Stop. Henry, try again. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh huh. I'm Groot. No, that's exactly what you just said. How is that even possible? There's a great, nice little, uh, like, what do you call it? Your, your, your wife is a volleyball player. It's a set, set up? A set. <laughs> a, set. A, set. a set, yeah. Um, double it. Because here uh, is a very objective statement, like, not like a, a question even, you know. This is like a really objective neutral that we can have a debate on. Uh, Nick, do you still fucking think that James Gunn can't handle DC or what? Golly. <laughs> Because listener, before you listen, get into that, listeners, listen. listen. No, no, we got to give some context first. Oh my! Give some context. People don't know the people don't know the. the Go ahead, Jordy. Fill the people in. Fill the people right. in. Behind Fill camera, in. I'm here to fact check you too. By the way, yeah, please do. Let's just say Phil, Philip Williams, and Jordy Kuiper are beyond all in on James Gunn taking the helm at Detective Comics DC DCU. Um, we don't have doubts that we know that he is our lord and savior when it comes to these <laughs> dc property um, our high evolutionary our high evolutionary if you will um but there you guys is... have a god complex i think <laughs> i'm not saying who it is in this trio but there is one individual i'm gonna point at him right there that is very negative on James Gunn taking the helm, especially because of a certain recasting that is done, which is completely uh, right in its place. A certain, we can go down the list. We got to do a whole new pot of characters that have been screwed by James Gunn. <laughs> Actors, real life people, not even not even characters, real, real, life, life, real life people, people. <laughs> real life people, actors that have he, he has no regard for their careers. He's, rejecting other roles because they have not, the they have the role of their dreams, the role of their lifetimes, the role of their lifetimes that are just perfectly cast in these roles. Oh, let's just throw them right in the trash. I want to make a young. I want to make baby Superman. Oh my lord! Well, he's talking oh, about Henry lord. Cavill cast. Superman. All I'm saying First is, off, guys, Henry Cavill listen, didn't listen, know. listen. I'd like to say my a few words. <laughs> I believe in James Gunn. I believe that his vision will hopefully come to fruition, and we will have. I'm cheering for I'm cheering for James Gunn, and I believe in him. I do not like the way that he's handled the transition. I think he's had 
incredibly special pieces in these roles that are already in place that he could use at his disposal. I want James Gunn's mind. I want his vision. I want him to use these incredible pieces that he has and had at his disposal that he just threw in the trash. And I think that we could have done some amazing things with, I, I can't think of another person on the planet that is more suited to play Superman than Henry Cavill. And he just tossed him away. Tossed First him like of nothing. all, he, he, these things are already in the trash. That's why James Gunn is there is to get rid of Smelling a trash too. can. Not Smelling because of them. Too. Not because well, of them. Why did, he keep, did no. why did he keep Margot Robbie? Why did he keep her? Because hmm, cause well, she's, pretty damn, recast, she's pretty damn good. She's pretty damn good as Harley Quinn. She's pretty damn good as Harley Quinn. So we kept I don't think a few she's people. showing up. I don't think she's showing up in anything in his new vision. Oh, that's the first mistake right there. No, I think I'm up James Gunn or die. Margot Robbie. I'm thinking Margot Robbie over James Gunn till I die. Go ahead. Any more brain busters, Jordy? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I am Steve Rogers. There's been a certain train of thought, idea, if you will, that has been uh, getting some traction on the interwebs, on the worldwide webs, if you will. Um, and I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on it. It's not really a statement, but the idea that has been going around, especially with the current state of affairs, Jonathan Majors, is that um, the best course of action for the MCU is to have um, the actor Chukwudi Iwuju playing High Evolutionary, who was a great villain, in my opinion. I know we haven't maybe talked about it as much as we have. Maybe we should do that first, but we can. you can give say your piece on that. A lot of people hopped on this train, are all in on this idea, especially if Jonathan Major's situation does not get resolved in a good way. And instead of recasting Jonathan Major's uh, and having his trajectory continue on, here's what they should do. High evolutionary Chuck Woody Iwuju and his performance in this movie, MCU from this point on says that that was a variant of Kang. Have him become the new Kang and continue, pass the mantle to him and let him continue on to, to lead uh, the way into this new big gigantic baddie that we have going on in this next phases of the MCU that we are building towards. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I'll go first since Dick's been getting all the, the, the combo pieces. Go ahead. Um, so here's the disheartening thing. One, no one is going to be better at Kang than Jonathan Majors because we've already seen it. The second thing is, though, it's out of our control. So if he, the way it's looking, if it's not good, then you have to recast him. Disney is tripping if they don't recast him because they have recasted people for less. They recasted... Um, Don Cheeto into uh, I'm already forget his name. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. They recasted Hulk, uh, Edward Norton because they didn't agree. They recasted Cassie Lang ten times. They've recasted people for way less, so they definitely have to do the recast of it. But the way it's going is not looking good. Um, and I think it's easy because one, you've already set up variants. The only thing I would just leave Jonathan Majors. You can't change it. He's in Ant Man. He's in Loki one. He's already filmed Loki two, so you just leave him. The one thing I would ask to do just to make me feel better is refilm if whoever you do recast it, whether it is him and I like him too. I think maybe just pick a couple different guys rather than just put your bait all on one dude. He could he'd be a good one to play a couple other ones. But I would just say please refilm the Ant Man post scene and just put a bunch of different variants that are not Jonathan Majors now if you do recast them. So I'm fine with him taking over. I think they have to recast. But I think don't just pick one person. I think it'd be better to pick a couple different ones to kind of go. Did, did you like? Did you like him in this movie? And as oh a villain? yeah, I how do. do you rank him as a villain? Uh, see, he's high. He's probably the best Guardians villain. 
He's better than Ronan. He's better than Ego. The thing is, and I don't think it's, and this, the thing I was lacking the whole movie, which is, I almost say negative, is like, all the good villains you connect with, like, that's like, you know, like Killmonger, even Thanos, even people are still saying he was right, like, you connect mm-hmm. with, like, there, I, I don't think it's possible, maybe that's why it just doesn't work. There's no way to connect with someone who wants to recreate people and change, like, this just, I don't think I could ever connect with someone like that, but that's the one thing missing. As you can't, I can't connect. Like even Ultron, I don't even connect with Ultron. Like it's just not possible to connect. I, with I, I, you can connect. That. In my opinion, I can connect with Ultron because I mean he's not a human being. He's just he's right. You can you well, can play, you can play, you can place him. You can place yourself in his shoes by. It's easier to right to to think from his perspective. And yeah, if you look at our world and humanity from a purely numerical ai type of vision and you take out right. all of humanity yeah i mean that would be the conclusion that he would have yeah right. I, I agree with that um that you cannot you know from a humanity perspective not really touch or connect with him in a way right so i don't would. think there's anything they could have did to make me connect and that's like the kind of thing, like why villains are so good is the ones you connect with true i don't think there's any way to connect like he's just bad he's like one of the baddest villains ever just based on what he's his goals and motives are there has been an individual guys, in this podcast guys. that there has been no. I just want to say there has been an individual in this podcast that, that we're looking at that have been giving a lot of this, a lot of eye rolling, a lot of. <laughs> well, go ahead, Nick. What do you think? You didn't like I'm this kind of guys. Thing, I I feel like I'm hating on this movie, but I think I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate a bit because I did like the movie, but. <laughs> I think this was one of the weakest villains we've had in a long time. And I think the MCU has really been stepping up their game in terms of villains um, recently. I I think he was hateable for sure. Um, and I think that that in and of itself is a reason that he did a good job. I hated this guy. But I didn't I didn't connect with him like you guys said. I I feel like he... I liked him more when he was more pensive. Towards the beginning of the movie, he was very pensive. He was kind of pulling strings, and he was kind of a despicable little character. And then towards the end of the film, he was just screaming at everybody. And I felt he... I just was annoyed by him. And so I didn't really like the performance. Um, I didn't really love the the overall direction that they took his character. He was he was just screaming at everybody. I felt like that was the least relatable thing because I don't want... I, I want my villain to be conniving, smart, all obviously villainous doing bad things which he was but he was just screaming at everybody towards the end and he wasn't doing anything except screaming at anybody he had his god complex and i felt like he destroyed counter earth he killed people it it went it it grew tiresome his act grew tiresome for me and i did i did like the reveal of his face at the end though that was red skull vibes yeah that was kind of creepy but i i i didn't love (laughs) i didn't love the performance sorry guys you didn't love his performance, or like I, as I an didn't, acting, or like I didn't. Or his he was written just, character. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know if his performance was just, he was written to just scream at everybody, but I feel like that was had to do with some aspect of his performance that I didn't love. So, well, if you want, I don't want to get into Christian Bale's Batman screaming all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, boo this man, boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, bro, what else do you need as a villain? to treat animals shitty and you got me i'm on board to hate you all the way down and not be redeemed uh be beyond i mean i don't know if you're if we're talking like recent villains though like like kang is better to me thanos was better 
Namor was better. Scarlet Witch was better. Gore was better. I mean, his character wasn't given as much, but Gore was better. I don't know. I, I, I've been commending. I, earlier on, in, I think we were talking about Ant-Man, our, our second podcast. I was commending the MCU because their villains have been stepping it up. And I feel like this one didn't do it for me. Right. Well, so I agree with you, Nick. And again, because all those characters are relatable, like Scarlet Witch, like someone who wants her family, like Thanos, someone who wants he's, is, he's protecting is, people. Is, is Kang relatable? Is Kang? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he is relatable. This Kang that we've seen in Ant-Man, is he, rela- how is he I, relatable? I, I, would, I would say that he is also not as relatable as, as some of these others, like like Thanos or... Or Namor. But Majors is bad. How, how is this Kang and Quantumania any more relatable or any – how is he better – We've I, all been attacked I don't, by I don't know. I don't know if he's as relatable, to be honest. Or so it's just his performance then? It's just but but Kang, Jonathan Majors' performance of with Kang was, was nuanced. It was complex. He was just knocking it out of the park. I felt like this guy was just screaming at everybody. That's all. That's at least the second half. He was just screaming. He just screamed at everybody. Screaming at himself. Screaming at everyone. He's just screaming. That's all he did. I he agree with screamed you. At I, people. Guess, I can see that. I, 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 mean, I agree yeah. with you, Nick. But I think the actor. I'm not even gonna say the name because you know my things with names. But if you see Peacemaker, <laughs> he's really good in that role. Like I think he could play a ver. Like again, he's just gonna play a different version of Kang. And again, we're in a situation. Sure, I, yeah, he's, I, we've seen other stuff from this guy. He's a good actor. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying yeah. to like yeah. say that I wouldn't want to see him in anything future. I I just think in this performance, he was, he didn't do it for me. Right. No, I agree. I'm with you. All right. So, Nick, if for whatever crazy scenario, Jonathan Majors goes to jail for sure. life. Sure. And He's out. For He's out of the picture. He's out of the picture. And they, they, they say, you know what? We have this performance. I know there's a lot of different Kangs. We have this actor now that if you think about it, you know, in his, you know, high evolutionary, he had some of the similar, even maybe similar powers than Kang. Uh, let's say we, we we go all in on this train and say, hey, you know what? This this high evolutionary actually was a variant of Kang, and we use this actor going forward to build on, build off of as a as our future Kang. I'm on board, Jordy. I would be. Oh. I would give this guy another right. chance at Kang. I would give him another chance. Give him a crack okay. at it. Okay. I'm a crack at it. Right. You know, I know he's a good actor. I've seen him in a lot of things. He's a good actor. No! He thinks you want him to wear it as a hat. That's not what I said. I'm good. He's relieved you don't want him to. I'm good. He hates hats. I'm good. On anyone, not just himself. I'm good. One minute you think someone has a weird-shaped head, the next minute it's just because you realize part of that head is the hat. This was actually sent in by a listener. Thank you very much for uh, trying to be a part of this. Um, nice little true or false statement. Uh, Deep Blue Sea is the greatest movie ever made. Well, well, I agree with that. Uh, it was uh, sending. I don't. I can't remember who sent it. And actually, it's not in anymore. False. But uh, thank you so much for saying it. And it's true. And we all agree with that. Uh, <laughs> and well, that's that's all for me for this podcast, guys. Uh, I guess we can wrap it up. <laughs> what What are we guys? What are we excited for now? Like, what's coming up, Marvel wise? I'm ready for Secret Invasion. That's next. Is that next? Is that before the Marvels? Ooh, yeah. I had that backwards. Yes. Yeah, it's two couple weeks, yeah. mid June. Oh yeah, I'm definitely excited for a new Marvel show after She-Hulk. <laughs> Jordy's <laughs> so down. Yeah. He's speaking for all oh, of us too. He's, he's negative he's energy. So down. And you're yeah. the most. You're the most. You love this one. This is the best Marvel movie yeah, of all time. Of all time, basically, you said. Yeah, this is right below best people director, see. Best, best movie trilogy, of all time. Best movie. And you're already down again just thinking about something else. See, I told you. I called you out. <laughs> Expose my him, My statements Bill. were not Expose made by him. me, from my opinion. Expose. Deep, Deep Blue Sea 
is right there, right there with Deep Blue Sea, best movie ever made. Huh? <laughs> yes. How about that f bomb, guys? How about... <laughs> Apparently, it was it was oh, improvised. They were going to use one; they could have used it better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that went around on Twitter. Like, we're like obviously Samuel Jackson should have used it. Tony Stark could have used it many times. Thanos, if Thanos said it to Wanda, I don't even know who you are. You put in the f word. Golly, that'd have been hardcore. Or even if Iron Man, I am effing Iron Man. <laughs> we can have a whole other podcast just trying to see where we can fit in. Or, or even even like Falcon on your effing left. <laughs> that would have been a waste. Wakanda oh, yeah. ever. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. E-bomb Bay. <laughs> E-bomb fucking Yeah, first of all, I want to apologize for crying on a pod about comic book movies. It just was a very deep movie, and I am a very troubled person. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. We look at uh, we just, look at the rest. Look at the rest of your room. We look behind you, man. This is I know a, I'm very troubled. A... Just zoom past that part. Skip everything I had to say no. about a rocket. That was the best part of the episode, most definitely. Oh my goodness! I but, am uh, raccoon. Oh, but guys, we can't get out yet because we have to do our booty Ooh, cheeks that's review. Right, that's right, that's Ooh, rating, right, that's rating, right. rating, rating. Yeah, booty cheeks. So I'm gonna go ahead first. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna give it because I already did it. I put it in my computer, in my notes. I'm going nine full Modoc booty cheeks. So there's a Modoc with one cheek running around to go with the other pair of four nine booty cheeks. How I'm gonna give guardians of the galaxy volume three james Gunn's marvel swan song eight modok booty cheeks eight Ooh. we're close let's see if there's an outlier here all boxer shorts all the way down going to pee modok going to pee over the wall over the over wall not through the, the fly which i've never heard before over the wall. <laughs> What is going on? What a what a what a strange. We, this this podcast we've been all had it all, place. guys. We, we we cried. We've been peeing. We've had technical difficulties. We're we're doing everything. Um, Guards of the Galaxy Volume Three is getting nine and a half. Modoc booty cheeks. Wow. Half a cheek, old cheek, half a cheek, old cheek. It was an amazing movie, and it was I don't know, I and mean, it was just right time, right place. It gave me everything I needed and more, and it just hit that sweet spot. And by the time that heaven scene, when Rocket Raccoon got sent back, I was already in shambles, guys. That was yeah, beyond it was, saving. It was beautiful. Hey, uh, a nice little ad that we did talk about little Easter eggs over, but Lila, she is on his um and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Lila is on yeah, on this as the his, file. Uh, alias, yeah, his alias list, Lila. How that came full circle? Uh, it's alias or affiliates? Affiliates. Well, affiliate, affiliates, whatever. Affiliates. Not, sorry, wrong. Which I don't know if that made sense. Like why they would know? Yeah, you're right. But it's still, just it was still cool. Yeah. Affiliates, Lila, mm, etc. On, on his. I on think. His... All right. Cool. Well, that's it, guys. Booty cheeks. We got our booty cheeks out. Uh, up next, we're probably gonna do what are we gonna do, guys. Spider Man. Is that next? We gotta do something else in between, probably. We'll we'll let y'all know. Good second, Spider Man. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks a lot for listening, right? As always. Yeah, thanks for listening. On roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Thanks for handing me the tissue. Bring more next time, just in case. Thanks. Thanks for everyone for hanging with us. Like Jordy said, roller coaster of emotions. We'd love you guys being here with us. And until next time. And, and check us out on the socials, as always. Anything you want to want to say. Throw it out there too. Your own emotions, your own traumas. Throw it at us. We're we, we, we're we're um, your your pop up shop of uh, not just fun times, but also you know if you need any type of therapy, we're here for you guys too. We're always welcome. Open arms, baby. Bring it all in. 
group hugs galore. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. And, and humanimals. Laters.